March 8th. And now, as we turn our attention to the reading of the New Testament, our narrative today will be from the book of Mark, chapter 14, verses 1 through 21. There is preparation for betrayal that we'll read about here in Mark chapter 14. Judas solved the chief priest's problem by offering to lead them to Jesus. But how do you conveniently betray the Son of God? Is it not a costly endeavor in every way? We'll be reading about preparation for burial. Mary's act of worship brought joy to the heart of Jesus and malice to the heart of Judas who wanted the money she had spent. Other women came to anoint him after his burial, but Mary did it when he could be encouraged by her love. We'll be reading about preparation for fellowship. It meant much to Jesus to spend those hours with his disciples. He loved them, and their presence encouraged him. He took the cup and the bread of the Passover and transformed them into memorials of his own blood and body. For he wanted the disciples to remember him, and he wants you and me, his present-day disciples, to remember him. And with that, let's begin our reading today, here in the New Testament. Mark chapter 14, verses 1 through 21. It was now two days before the Passover celebration and the festival of unleavened bread. The leading priests and the teachers of religious law were still looking for an opportunity to capture Jesus secretly and put him to death. But not during the Passover, they agreed, or there will be a riot. Meanwhile, Jesus was in Bethany at the home of Simon, a man who had leprosy. During supper, a woman came in with a beautiful jar of expensive perfume. She broke the seal and poured the perfume over his head. Some of those at the table were indignant. Why was this expensive perfume wasted, they asked. She could have sold it for a small fortune and given the money to the poor. And they scolded her harshly. But Jesus replied, Leave her alone. Why berate her for doing such a good thing to me? You will always have the poor among you, and you can help them whenever you want to. But I will not be here with you much longer. She has done what she could, and has anointed my body for burial ahead of time. I assure you, wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed will be talked about in her memory. Then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve disciples, went to the leading priests to arrange to betray Jesus to them. The leading priests were delighted when they heard why he had come, and they promised him a reward. So he began looking for the right time and place to betray Jesus. On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, the day the Passover lambs were sacrificed, Jesus' disciples asked him, Where do you want us to go to prepare the Passover supper? So Jesus sent two of them into Jerusalem to make the arrangements. As you go into the city, he told them, a man carrying a pitcher of water will meet you. Follow him. At the house he enters, say to the owner, The teacher asks, Where is the guest room where I can eat the Passover meal with my disciples? He will take you upstairs to a large room that is already set up. That is the place. Go ahead and prepare our supper there. So the two disciples went on ahead into the city and found everything just as Jesus had said. 
and they prepared the Passover supper there. In the evening, Jesus arrived with the twelve disciples. As they were sitting around the table eating, Jesus said, The truth is, one of you will betray me, one of you who is here eating with me. Greatly distressed, one by one, they began to ask him, I'm not the one, am I? He replied, It is one of you twelve, one who is eating with me now. For I, the Son of Man, must die, as the Scriptures declared long ago. But how terrible it will be for my betrayer! Far better for him if he had never been born. I can't say it enough how important you know my faith is to to how how I play the game and who I am. There are priorities in life. Obviously, your faith is is, is first and foremost. Um, you know, how we did in school growing up was important. If we didn't handle that business, then there were no no privileges. We, I remember sitting out my first middle school game because I didn't handle my stuff at home. That's a pretty embarrassing moment if you go to you know to your first middle school game and you have to tell your, your your team hey fellas I can't play tonight I didn't do the dishes at home just that that lesson taught me there's more to, there's more to life than basketball I do a little sign on the court every time I make a shot or make a good pass and I pound my chest and point to the sky and that symbolizes that I have a heart for God um, something that my mom and I came up with in college and and I do it every time I step on the floor as a reminder of, of who I'm playing for. And people should know who I represent and, and, and why I am who I am. And that's because of my Lord and Savior. So I can't say that enough. Um, I was always the smallest kid on my, my team. When it comes to basketball, I was always the smallest kid on my team. I had a terrible, ugly catapult shot from uh, the time I was 14 because I wasn't strong enough to shoot over my head and I had to reconstruct that over a summer and it was the worst three months of my life. You'd think there were no hurdles or or obstacles that I had to overcome, but even when I got to high school, I wasn't ranked. I wasn't ranked. I wasn't highly touted as a high school prospect. I had nobody really running, knocking on my door, saying, please, please, please come play for our school until Coach McKillop called. And... um, you know, everything happens for a reason, and there's there's a story to, to everything. And and if you take time to realize you know, what what your dream is and, and what you really want in life, no matter what it is, whether it's sports, whether it's in other fields, um, you have to realize that there's always work to do, and you want to be the hardest working person in whatever you do, and you'll put yourself in position to be successful. Um, and you have to have a passion about what you do. And basketball was mine. And that's what's carried me to this point. A part of that is having the will to succeed. Um, you know, knowing that you put the work in and have the confidence to let it show. Um, what I tell people is just be the best version of yourself in anything that you do. You don't have to live anybody else's story. Um, sometimes people make it seem like you have to have certain prerequisites or, or a crazy life story in order to be successful in this world. Um, but the truth is, you, you really don't. It doesn't matter where you come from, what you have or don't have, what you lack, what you have too much of. But all you need to have is, is faith in God, an undying passion for what you do, or what you choose to do in this life, and a relentless drive and the will to do whatever it takes to be successful and whatever you put your mind to. 
Make sure you live in the moment and work your butt off every single day. And I hope I inspire people all around the world to just be themselves, be humble, and be grateful for all the blessings in your life. Psalm 51, verses 1 through 19. This is the fourth of the penitential psalms. Like Psalm 32, it came out of David's sin with Bathsheba and his futile attempt to cover all that up. If any chapter in the Bible reveals the high cost of sinning, it is this one. We'll see that sin hurts the sinner. David's whole being was affected by his sin. His eyes, his mind, ears, heart, spirit, and mouth. He lost fellowship with God and the joy of the Lord. Are the pleasures of sin worth paying this great price? We'll read about the fact that sin hurts others, not just the sinner. Sin can bring tragic consequences to the lives of others, especially one's family. David's sin led to Uriah's death. Bathsheba's baby died. David's lovely daughter Tamar was violated by her brother Amnon, who was then killed by Absalom. The whole family was just a mess, and it all began back there with David and Bathsheba. And by the way, Absalom was in turn slain by Joab. The sin just kept manifesting and kept going forward. Sin has a power all its own, when we give sway to it. Is a fleeting moment of sinful pleasure worth a lifetime of sorrow? Of course not. And then we'll read about the fact that sin hurts God. We hurt ourselves and others when we sin. But primarily, our sins are against God. Sin makes us dirty. Sin is rebellion against God's holy law. If you want to know how much sin hurts God, go to Calvary and see His Son bleeding and dying for the sins of the world. God is pure love, and our selfishness breaks His heart. God is merciful and gracious and forgives when we come in repentance and faith. David did not want cheap forgiveness. No, he came with a broken and contrite heart. Psalm chapter 51, verses 1 through 19. For the choir director, a psalm of David, regarding the time Nathan the prophet came to him after David had committed adultery with Bathsheba. Have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love, because of your great compassion, blot out the stain of my sins, wash me clean from my guilt, purify me from my sin. For I recognize my shameful deeds. They haunt me day and night. Against you and you alone have I sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight. You will be proved right in what you say, and your judgment against me is just. For I was born a sinner, yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. But you desire honesty from the heart, so you can teach me to be wise in my inmost being. Purify me from my sins, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Oh, give me back my joy again. You have broken me. Now let me rejoice. 
Don't keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain of my guilt. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence, and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me again the joy of your salvation, and make me willing to obey you. Then I will teach your ways to sinners, and they will return to you. Forgive me for shedding blood, O God who saves. Then I will joyfully sing of your forgiveness. Unseal my lips, O Lord, that I may praise you. You would not be pleased with sacrifices, or I would bring them. If I brought you a burnt offering, you would not accept it. The sacrifice you want is a broken spirit, a broken and repentant heart, O God, you will not despise. Look with favor on Zion and help her. Rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will be pleased with worthy sacrifices and with our whole burnt offerings. And bulls will again be sacrificed on your altar. Proverbs chapter 10 verses 31 and 32 The godly person gives wise advice, but the tongue that deceives will be cut off. The godly speak words that are helpful, but the wicked speak only what is corrupt.